welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Sunday, May 19th, 2019, on the basis of John 10, verses 22 through 30. Your favorite book, your favorite movie, and your favorite song. If we all wanted to get to know each other a little bit better today, that's one of the ways that we could do it. We could, we could maybe pass out little pieces of paper to everyone in the room. Everyone could write down those three things about themselves, and then they could tell everyone else what their answers are. In fact, there's a reason why you've maybe done that very thing as part of some sort of ice-breaking situation, ice-breaking game in, in some sort of social situation. There's a reason why those three things are sometimes listed as part of someone's personal profile, maybe on a a website or their social media page. There's a reason why those three things sometimes come up when you're making small talk with someone and trying to get to know them. It's because what we read and what we watch and what we listen to sort of says something about us. After all, you, you might imagine if there's one person, for example, who picks a book like The Notebook by Nicholas Sparks, and a movie like Sleepless in Seattle, and a song like My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. And there's another person who picks a book like The Shining by Stephen King, and a movie like The Godfather, and a song like Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. You might imagine those are two very different people. In fact, I'm guessing that everyone in the room might even have a preference of which of those people they'd want to spend an afternoon with. What we consume, the things that we take in, are sort of a reflection of who we are. And not just in a superficial way, either. In fact, that very same principle is at the heart of the very serious, very important question that Jesus wants us to consider as we look at these verses this morning. And that question is this. What am I listening to? And not just for entertainment not just to pass the time as we mow the lawn or work out or make our commute to work, but when it comes to life's most important questions, when it comes to the biggest problems that I have that need to be solved, when it comes to the most important things that I am trying to get out of life, what am I listening to? What voice, what sounds, what messages am I allowing to come in through my ears and allowing to fill my head and fill my heart? There aren't many questions more important than that. And Jesus wants us to answer that question this morning with brutal honesty. As we look at these verses from John chapter 10 this morning, we're going to see that what we listen to is a reflection of what we are looking for. These words from Jesus were prompted by a request that the Jewish leaders made to Jesus. Jesus was there walking in the temple one day. The Jewish leaders come up to him and they say, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? Tell us if you are the Messiah. Tell us plainly. Is Jesus the Messiah? Easiest question ever, right? Simple one-word answer. Yes, he could have said. And yet Jesus knows full well that they don't really want to know the answer to that question. Their motives are not sincere. In fact, as Jesus says, he had told them that many times before, but they did not want to listen. And the circumstances of this occasion give us a little bit of a clue as to why. John tells us that it was winter and that at that time the Jews were celebrating what was known as the Feast of Dedication. What in the world was that? Well, 
150 years before Jesus, there was this evil, awful ruler named Antiochus Epiphanes who had conquered the Jewish people. And then once he had, he instituted, he he defiled God's holy temple by instituting all kinds of pagan, godless worship practices right there in God's temple. But then along came this mighty warrior, this mighty deliverer by the name of Judas Maccabeus. His nickname was The Hammer. Not a bad nickname to have. He led a rebellion. He liberated the Jewish people. He cleansed the temple and once again rededicated it to worship of the one true God. And so each and every year during the winter, the Jewish people would celebrate this feast of dedication. In fact, they still do today. We know it as Hanukkah. Okay, so that's all fine and good. But now the problem is, 150 years later, there's another evil, awful, godless power that is ruling over the Jewish people. This time, it's the Romans. And so the thing that the Jewish people were looking for, more than anything else, is another mighty warrior, another powerful deliverer, someone who could hold a big, mighty, magical hammer in the palm of his hand and wield that hammer hammer to pummel all of their enemies. In fact, maybe just for good measure, we'll throw in some rugged good looks and some long, blowing, long flowing blonde hair, and there he is. Honestly, this isn't all that far from what the Jewish people were li- looking for. When they thought of the Messiah, they thought of someone like Thor. They thought their greatest need was for someone to come and deliver them from the Romans. And by this point, Jesus had already made it crystal clear that that wasn't him. And that's when they stopped wanting to listen. We might think that our circumstances are quite a bit different from that, and yet the reality is that it's still very easy for us today to think that our greatest need is for Jesus to take whatever circumstances we might be in and to make them better. That what we really need is someone to help us feel a little bit better about ourselves. Someone to come along and pat us on the back and tell us that we're wonderful and special and that we should do whatever it is that makes us happy. Someone to come along and help us work on our problem areas, learn how to control our temper, learn how to clean up our broken marriage. Someone to come along and help us maximize our potential to get the best out of life and to make life all that it can be. Someone to come along and save the planet, save the world, end war, end poverty, save the environment, end all of the hatred and division. Someone to come along and help us raise our children so that they know how to be kind, good, and respectful people. Someone to come along and make all of our problems, all of our aches and pains, all of our illnesses go away. It's so very easy for us to think that our greater, greatest need is for someone to come along and give us a better life. And if that's the case, then we will be willing to listen to anyone and everyone who is able to give us that better life. And so maybe we'll turn our attention to a good mentor, a good guru, a good life coach, a good therapist, a good advisor, even a good politician. And those are all voices that we'd be willing to listen to. In fact, even in our pursuit of a better life, the voices that we're willing to listen to may even include Jesus. But friends, make no mistake, at some point we would find out exactly what these Jewish leaders found out. That that isn't why Jesus came. That isn't why Jesus is here. That isn't what Jesus 
wants to do. And so if that's what we're looking for, and then that's what we realize about Jesus, that's when we stop listening. Kind of raises a question, though, doesn't it? If that's not why Jesus came, if he didn't come to give us a better life, then why did he come? The Jewish leaders didn't really want to hear it because they wanted to deliver from the Romans, but Jesus didn't pass up an opportunity to say it once again. In fact, what he did is he picked up on a theme from a sermon that he had delivered uh, at another time and at another place, a, a sermon where he used this very beautiful and familiar imagery of Jesus being our shepherd and us being his sheep. And Jesus used that imagery to let us know that he didn't come to do something less than deliver us from the Romans. He came to do something far, far more. Here's what Jesus said. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. So no, Jesus didn't come to give us a better life. He came to give us something far greater. He came to give us eternal life far stronger than the hand that could swing some sort of hammer and pummel all of his people's foes. Jesus' hand is so strong and so powerful that even when death comes along, death cannot possibly rip us away. That's what Jesus came to do, not to bring us a better life, but to bring us eternal life. And if that's the case, if that's what we are looking for from Jesus, then it's only natural that we would be glad and we would be eager to listen to Jesus' voice. In fact, that's what Jesus said. He said, You do not believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So what you listen to is a reflection of what you are looking for. It's easy for us when we hear that Jesus didn't primarily come to give us a better life to sort of be disappointed. And yet again, the reality is that Jesus didn't come to offer us something less than what our hopes and dreams sometimes are. He came to offer us so much more. Jesus didn't come to say, here's what I'll do for you. I'll I'll take all those problem areas, those sinful spots of your life, and I'll, I'll help you sort of eliminate them one by one so that you can be a better version of you than the you you are today. No, you heard in today's second reading how Jesus says, I came. So that you can take that robe, that symbolic robe that symbolizes your life, that robe that is just full of every spot and stain and frankly smells quite bad because of all of your sin, you can take that robe and you can dip it in my blood and pull it out perfectly white and clean. That's why Jesus came. Jesus doesn't say, I've come so that you can earn all kinds of trophies and blue ribbons and promotions and plaques at corporate banquets. Instead, he says, I've come so that one day, before the throne of God himself and surrounded by all of God's angel armies, you will sit on a throne and have a crown of gold placed on your head. That's why I've come. Jesus doesn't say, I've come so that we can make all of the world's problems go away so that nothing ever bad ever happens to us so that we can make this world a better place. Instead, Jesus says, I've come to lead you to the perfect pastures of heaven, a place where no one will ever thirst, no one will ever be sad, no one will ever shed a tear ever again. That's why I've come. 
He doesn't say, I've come so that all of your relationships would be exactly perfect, so that everyone in your life, from parents to children to friends to spouses, would always get along and we'd be one big happy family. No, he says, I've come so that when even death comes knocking at your door and rips those loved ones away from you, they will not be able to rip them out of my hand. Instead, a blessed reunion with those people in heaven awaits. And friends, if we realize that that's why Jesus came, not to give us a better life, but to give us eternal life, then the voices that we are going to want to listen to will not be a a good mentor, a good life coach, a good therapist, a good politician. Instead, we will realize that the one and only voice that is most important for us to listen to is that of our good shepherd. Okay, now it's time for that brutal honesty that I mentioned before that Jesus wants us, with which Jesus wants us to answer that question this morning. What exactly am I listening to? As I look at my life, how important is it for me to be hearing the voice of my good shepherd? In fact, how does it stack up compared to the importance of listening to other voices and watching and taking in other information? How important is listening to the voice of Jesus, for example, compared to the time that I spend scrolling through my social media feeds to see what all of my friends and all of my favorite celebrities have been up to in the last 24 hours? How important is it for me to hear the voice of Jesus as opposed to the time that I find to squeeze in one or two or maybe five episodes of my favorite Netflix series as the day draws to a close? As I think about my children, how much do I insist that they hear and that they learn the voice of Jesus in comparison with how much I insist that they learn how to do algebra and learn how to shoot a free throw. It doesn't take a lot of brutal honesty for us to recognize the apathy, the indifference, in fact, sometimes the yawn, sheer boredom with which we sometimes approach listening to the voice of our Good Shepherd. And there's a perfect explanation, really, And it's not because any of us would sit here and say, yeah, what I really want more than eternal life is a better life. I think between those two options, yeah, a better life now is better than an eternal life to come. No, we all know the answer to that question. But I think the logical explanation is that as we think about our eternal life, we think that it's simply a given. Something that we can simply take for granted. After all, this is the air we breathe. That everyone ends up in heaven, even our dogs, right? And so if heaven is a given, if heaven is something that we can take for granted, then of course we can naturally just sort of move on from hearing the voice of our good shepherd and pay attention to all those voices that can make our lives better right here, right now. The fact of the matter is that being willing to listen to our good shepherd means that we are willing not only to admit something about Jesus, but we're also saying something very important about ourselves. If he is our good shepherd, that makes us sheep, right? Helpless, hopeless, foolish, stupid, rebellious, stubborn, wandering sheep. The last thing in the world that any one of us wants to admit. And so it's much, much easier to simply tell ourselves that heaven is something that we can simply take for granted. Well, thankfully, Jesus takes care of that too. He doesn't just come to save those who are already looking for eternal life on their own. No, he also helps us realize why eternal life is something that we cannot take for granted and something that we need to desperately look to him for. 
as I mentioned, those Jewish leaders didn't really want to hear what Jesus had to say. They didn't care that Jesus claimed to be the good shepherd. And in response to that, Jesus didn't just keep saying the same things over and over again. He didn't shout at the top of his lungs or try and come up with new ways to convince them to listen to his words. In fact, he didn't even ask them to listen at all. He asked them to watch, to look, to pay attention. He said, the works that I do, not the words that I will say, but the works that I do in my Father's name testify about me. And the works that Jesus was talking about were the very same works that he had spoken about earlier, that as the good shepherd, he was going to lay down his life for the sheep and then take it up once again. His death and resurrection. The events that make it clear, not only that Jesus is our good shepherd, but that we also are, in fact, his sheep. Helpless, hopeless, stubborn, rebellious, wandering sheep. If all we needed was a little pat on the back or a little pep talk from Jesus, he very easily could have come down to this earth, arranged for a 20-city speaking tour, done a couple of book signings for his number one bestseller, and then went right back up into heaven. But no, Jesus came for one reason more than any other, to lay down his life and take it up back again. To prove that the thing that we desperately need, the thing that by no means we can take for granted is eternal life, and to prove that that is the very thing that he can and will provide. Friends, there's a reason that we talk about Jesus being our good shepherd during the season of the church year known as Easter, and it's because Jesus' death and resurrection are like two big stakes in the ground, two immovable monuments that prove, first of all, who Jesus is and that prove who we are as well, that he is our shepherd and we are his sheep. And so if you look at your life in brutal honesty and you realize that you are not hearing the voice of Jesus the way that you know that you should, first of all, know what you are looking at when you look at Jesus. His death and his resurrection prove that he is not a good mentor or a good motivational speaker. He is a good shepherd which means that you know what you should be looking for from Jesus. Not a better life, eternal life. And then once you know that, you'll know exactly what to listen to. That the voice that you long to hear more than any other is the voice of Jesus, your good shepherd. God grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.